Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm here with Ethan, joined by Eric again this week. Finally, out of the offseason, it feels like a little bit of a lull because we don't have speed weeks until next week, but it feels like NASCAR's back. I mean, we had the clash on Sunday. We have Daytona coming up in 10 days or whatever. Like, NASCAR is here. We have a, if you're listening to this, the, the duels are weak. Uh, from today or, or from Thursday, we're recording this on Wednesday, the eighth at three thirty-six Eastern time. And as I said, I'm joined by Eric. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing pretty good. It's really cold. Uh, it's been all week, and it's uh, it's gonna be cold for the rest of the week. That's not very fun. But uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, excited for NASCAR to finally be back. The clash was was pretty good, all things considered. And now I'm just counting the days, I think, like everyone, to the, to Speed Weeks. That's that's going to be fun. It always is fun. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll get to the Clash recap in segment two, but we had some pretty uh, crazy news break this week that we're going to start off with first. But first of all, as always, this episode is brought to you by Spoiler Diecast, 213simware.com, and Washington on the Daily. You'll hear more about those throughout the episode, but we'll start off with Washington on the Daily. Go there for all your latest commanders, news, and updates for the team out of D.C., the football NFL team, as they prepare for a possible sale. Uh, He's got lots of news on the possible sale, whether it be Jeff Bezos, someone else, will Dan Snyder finally sell the team, stop ruining that franchise. We will see. Go follow at WSH on the daily for all the updates on the saga, as well as the preparation for the draft. Uh, Super Bowl news coming up. All sorts of stuff like that. Go there, Instagram and Twitter. Links in the description below. Well, the big news is the Kyle Bush saga. Um, do you by any chance have the statement pulled up? Because I still cannot pull it up on my computer because we're still blocked by Kyle Bush. Oh, yes, I can pull it up right now. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, the statement um, does kind of, you know, leave out some important details, but I feel like it also does a good enough job of, you know, just saying it happened and trying to move past it. Uh, do you want me to just read this statement or? uh? Yeah, go ahead and read it. Okay. In late January, Samantha and I enjoyed a several day vacation in Mexico. When departing the country, my handgun was flagged during routine screening at the airport. I have a valid concealed carry permit from my local authority and adhere to all handgun laws, but I made a mistake by forgetting it was in my bag. Discovery of the handgun led to my detainment while the situation was resolved. I was not aware of the Mexican law and had no intention of bringing a handgun into Mexico. When it was discovered, I fully cooperated with the authorities, accepted the penalties, and returned to North Carolina. I apologize for my mistake and appreciate the respect shown by all parties as we resolved the matter. My family and I consider this issue closed. It's a little bit uh, PR speak, but I think it covers... I think it covers what we need to know. You know, I guess my personal opinion on this is that they got it sorted out. That um, 
he's handled it correctly. Uh, I do think, and I've been seeing this online, someone said this, and I tend to agree, that the accidentally left it in his bag thing, thats I don't know how true that is. I feel like that's the excuse he gave to get out of it. But given that he probably flew private down there, uh, he thought he wanted the protection. And and, someone's, and people have been pointing this out. He was in uh, the Mall of America shooting. Like, he was there, you know? And I can understand wanting protection, especially going to certain areas of Mexico right now. I could... I don't know how, how much you agree with me on this, Eric, but I could understand why he would want a weapon on him going to Mexico right now. Here's the thing. I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think both sides of the story can be true. I, I think that um that the fact that he had a handgun in the first place and in his bag, just like in general, not necessarily just for Mexico, makes a lot of sense considering what he was involved in. Um, But I still think that the fact he brought it with him to Mexico was not intentional because I feel like if you're going to travel for vacation, you're not going to go in a place that might be unsafe. If Kabush felt he might be unsafe in Mexico, I don't think he would have went there. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, I think, well, first of all, I don't think they, ideally they would have, nothing would have happened. Right. Um, I think the only reason a statement was put out was because uh, some some Reddit sleuths found, uh, I believe it was like the Cancun Police Department or something posting the, the court documents like two weeks late and someone found it or, or something like that. And, and honestly, if nobody finds out, I don't think we know about this. And and so that's why I don't think it's a big issue, really. Um there's probably lots of drivers in the garage with a concealed carry permit. Um, he drives for Richard Childress, for Pete's sake, now. And who has had ammunition brands on his race cars as recently as last year, right? He had some on Dylan's car last year? Yes, I, I think it's called Through Velocity or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not surprised. I now the one thing interesting in here is that it says he was detained, which means he might have spent a day or two in a Mexican jail, which which would be really interesting. <laughs> but I I would consider this matter settled. Um, NASCAR has said that uh, Jordan Bianchi tweeted out. Uh, NASCAR has said uh, they've known about this since it happened, and they have not considered any potential additional punishment for Kyle. Basically, he's learned his lesson, he paid the fine, he might have spent a day or two in a Mexican jail and, and considered as a, 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 a closed uh, situation. And, um, however, uh, Mexico has, uh, uh, they, they tried him, I guess, and um, charged him with three and a half years of, of jail. So he probably can't go back to Mexico for a while. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if they would have let him come back if, if it was still an issue. I think um, it's very possible they they gave him some sort of out. They were like, hey, pay this undisclosed amount of money and we'll just we'll just forget about it. I mean, let's be honest. Mexico is not the most not the most fair country. The corruption is pretty rampant there. I'm sure they were like, hey, this guy's a rich, rich athlete. We can probably just you know ask him for a stupid amount of money and, and forget about it. 
After, at the end of the day, it was not really in their interest to keep him there. The U.S. certain or you know some sort of American institution would have fought to get him out of there. I assume. I mean, they did it for that athlete that had issues in Russia. I don't know the full story with that exactly. I'm not going to get into it either, even if I did. Um, uh, we wouldn't if Kyle Bush was detained in a foreign country in the same uh, situation as the Brittany Griner deal. I don't think they would have gotten him back because. Um, yeah, the the Griner thing is was was a mess from from start to finish. I I that really bothered me. I'm not even going to get into it, but I think if it was the same scenario, Kyle would have been stuck there. It's very possible. I would. I don't. I would not wish that on anyone, uh, especially on Kyle. Um, I don't. I never thought Kyle was as bad as anyone you know made it out to be. There were some people that were being really gross about this, and you know, hoping that yeah. he stay there and stuff. I never I never had like this huge dislike for Kyle. I, I would I it would have been heartbroken to see him stuck there. Um so it would have been a crazy story if it had happened. Well and, and you and I were messaging and talking when, when the news started breaking is like what the heck is going on? And I honestly thought for a few minutes before more details came out that it was a real possibility that he could be stuck there. And which would have been just, I guess, imagine even even if it was just like for a couple months until they worked out some sort of agreement, imagine how big of an impact that would make, you know? Yeah, and I mean, this would ruin RCR. I mean, they they get their best driver ever. I mean, I would argue Kyle Busch is better than Harvick. They, they get their best driver ever. Actually, I, how am I forgetting about Dale Senior? I'm being stupid. <laughs> well, uh, but however, you, I think honestly, even though he doesn't have the numbers, Kyle Busch is pretty close to Senior in talent. You know, good point. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if if Kyle raced in in a similar consistent points format as Senior did, I'm sure he would have had, uh, maybe a championship extra, maybe one less. Who knows? Um, that's not my point. Uh, it would have been huge for RCR losing such a good and important driver, probably losing at least one sponsor from this whole deal. I mean, they got they gained a couple of sponsors with with Bush for driving for the team. I'm sure that one Did of these they? sponsors would have left. I mean, they, I don't think I, I don't think they gained anyone because he's got the same guys that that Reddick had last year. He's got three Chi and Bet MGM and Cheddar's, and those are the big ones. Well, they got net spend. Oh, you're right. Um, I, I, I assume they would get like, I don't know, Austin Hill or something to drive the car, but they, their season would be over, right? Like there's no coming back from that. Like your driver gets in jail. How do you recover from that? Um, all that being said, I don't think that, I don't think we're going to see anything else from this. I don't think Kyle would be back in the U S right now. If, if there were still any issues with Mexico, I don't think he would say it's all resolved if there were still any issues. I don't think NASCAR will let him race in a clash. If there was any issues with NASCAR, and I don't think Richard would let him race the clash if there were any issues with Richard. So I think this issue is just resolved. There's not going to be anything else coming out from it. And we're going to see it on icebergs in a couple of years. It's going to be like one of those weird uh, events that happen that people look back and, and just question like forever, which because it is such a weird event, like no one would have expected this. It's It'll be a, a what if question because there's so many things I like. You don't want to speculate about, but it also is kind of fun to think like, what would they do? 
what would what like you said would they have called up Austin Hill, Sheldon Creed? Do you go get someone? Like what what even happens? You know, um, it, it's a very fascinating thought experiment. Does Ty Dillon come? Oh my God! Now that would be a death sentence for for RCR. No no way they ever recover from from both Dillons that driving for the team. Like no however. Way. And and when maybe when maybe we'll I'll elaborate on this more when we recap the clash in, in the next segment. But I think Dylan's gonna have a good year. Oh yeah, yeah. I think definitely. Austin is primed for his for a career year. Absolutely. Um, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's let's talk about some of the other news here. Uh, the 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 other big piece of news this week. Um, Front Row Motorsports confirmed that uh, Zane Smith will run uh, the Daytona 500 or attempt the Daytona 500 in a third open car for the team, the number 36. Um, And they've signed a new sponsor. Um, Centene Corporation is partnering with the team. Never heard of them, but you've probably heard of Ambetter Health. Uh, I think they've sponsored the New Hampshire race. I know they sponsored a race last year because um, I've heard of them before. Uh, I think like a couple of Xfinity races or something. And better, and better Health will serve as the primary sponsor on the car um, for the Daytona 500 and other races. So you read the first part of that article or you see the first part of that tweet and you're like, great, cool. This is exactly what we expected. And then you read the second part. Additionally. Zane Smith will run six races behind the wheel of the chartered number 38 car. That means that Todd Gilliland will not race in six races for Front Row Motorsports. He's going to run the other 30. He's running the Daytona 500, but they're just kicking him out for a random six races. And I cannot understand why. Because it's not like the races he's doing are really have any connection. Smith will replace Gilland at, at the Phoenix March, the March Phoenix race, the first Talladega race, Sonoma, Texas, and the Roval, and as well as the Coke 600. Does this make any sense to you? It makes no sense to me why you basically knock one of your cars out of the playoffs from the get-go. And I know there's owner points, so if one of the drivers does happen to win a race, you would still get the owner playoffs possibly, but it just, it makes no sense because it looked like Gilliland last year, first of all, had a very good year for a rookie for front row, but also they they were treating him like he was one of their future drivers because the, the, it looked like he was the end to the run of rookies in the 38 flaming out. What are your thoughts on this? I'm I'm so confused by the decision-making here. Um, I, I, I'm at a loss for words, honestly. I never, I just thought, you know, hey, they're going to give Zane a couple, couple starts here and there in the 36 car, maybe in a Rick Ware car. And that would be the end of it. And, and Todd would, you know, improve again a little bit slightly this year. We'll see him maybe 25th in points or something like that. He would have a solid year, right? But this kills any shot at having a solid year. Unless he wins with 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 front row and and fills in the gaps with another team to still have a chance at the playoffs, 
But even then, it's like it's hard to to run a full season like that, like jumping from team to team. It's not it's not easy. It's it's very tough to have a coherent season like that. I don't get the decision making. Um, it's not like FRM hasn't been able to afford running a third team before. And I mean, if Zane has the sponsorship, then just give him the thirty six car for all his starts, and and that, let that be the end of it. I mean, he he'll probably most likely make the races. I mean, besides the Daytona 500, is there ever really a threat of not making the race if you're if you're an uncharted car? No, I mean, there's not going to be six entries for the Darlington race. Yeah, I I agree. It's like I I don't I don't get it at all. Like it, like you said, it makes no sense, no sense at all. In addition, this Coke 600, when, when Smith runs the Coke 600, he'll have backing from the boot barn, which was a Gilliland sponsor last year. So I don't even know if he lost sponsorship. I Now, now the team has come out and said that it's not, it's not, the decision was not one they made lightly. And um, it's, it's not out of, uh competition or it like it doesn't sound like they want to do this so it has to be sponsorship or ford is like strong arming them into doing but it's it, it just I, I don't get it i don't get it at all i think it's ford honestly i i think they might be a little salty that the son of a toyota team owner is driving their cars yeah but why if that's so why would you do it like this I I have no idea, but I but this is still the like the most coherent explanation. Yeah. I I I, I yeah. I'm I'm it, it it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It it really it it doesn't Yeah. And and, and it really sucks for Todd Gilliland. His season I mean, they'll still get to run most of the races, but it gets messed up. Now, uh, I believe Josh Rayum tweeted at him this morning saying they could give him those rides uh, in the 27, the Hesburgh car. So there's that, I suppose. So he might be able to piece together a full season and still be playoff eligible should he be able to win a race. But it's just a major slap in the face, you know, and... and it seemed like they were finally building around him. Like this wasn't a, a, a stopgap solution like Alfredo was, or I, I don't know what their plans were with John Hunter Nemechek, but did they fire him or did he leave on his own? I I think they fired him. I don't remember. It, it, and honestly, it feels like so long ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, but they should have kept him. Nemechek they should have. Although for his sake, he's really turned his career around and probably will end up in a in a Toyota seat within the next two years in the Cup Series. So in a way... Yeah, me as soon as next year. Yeah, which we'll, we'll see how that goes. But it's just... It's it's baffling. And, and I don't know what else to say. It really sucks for Todd. Um, hopefully he goes out there and proves them wrong and, and makes them wish he was in the car the full time. But, but it'll also be exciting to see what Zane can do. I mean, yeah, the, the, the more I talk about this, the more I feel like it's a Ford thing. And so 
you know, what what can you do? But even the, the, the other thing is, even if it was a Ford thing, why don't you have him run an RFK car or something like that? Or put him in the 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 15 for Rick Ware Racing? Like I don't Ford just seems to not want to run a lot of cars. They seem to like to want and to just they just like running the absolute bare minimum. It's weird. Maybe they're Brains are are addled by the Formula One thing. Who knows? Um, let's see what other news we have this week. Uh, Connor Daly will attempt the Daytona 500 with the money team in the 50 car sponsored by BitNile. And um, yeah, he's going to attempt the race that puts us at six open cars for the Daytona 500, 42 cars attempting to make the 40 car field. So we'll have two cars going home. The the six open cars are Chandler Smith in the 13 for College Racing, uh, Connor Daly in the 50 for the money team, Jimmy Johnson in the 84 for Legacy Motor Club, uh, Zane Smith in the 36, as we already talked about. Uh, I'm blanking on the others. Oh, Pastrana in the 67. And uh, help me out here. What's the last one? I'm blanking too. I don't remember. Oh, oh, Austin Hill in the 62. Yeah. There we go. So it's a pretty, pretty stacked field. I feel like um, we're going to be disappointed with who goes home either way. It's not like the last couple of years where, you know, the two cars probably missing are probably uh, MBM or Rick Ware Racing or Starcom. It's like any of these cars would be, any of these drivers would be fun to have in the field. So hopefully, um, I just hope Jimmy makes it, really. Uh, yeah, me too. And Zane. It would be nice to see Zane get in. But um, yeah, I, I, any thoughts on Daly? I mean, it seems like he's turning towards NASCAR a little bit, diversifying his schedule. It's it's kind of an interesting decision, but he does have uh, oval experience and, and drafting experience. So I don't really know much about him. Um, I like how his car looks. Yeah, so that's going to be cool. Yeah, good looking car there. Um, and, and finally, for this week's news, Kevin Harvick, as we all know, is retiring in 2023. 2023 is his final full time season in the Cup Series. He will join the Fox Sports booth in 2024. I think this will be a really good move. He'll add some good uh, knowledge, having driven the car. Um, he seems, in the Xfinity races he's done that I've heard him call, he's done a good job as an analyst. I think this is a good move for him, good move for Fox Sports. You know, I, I, I'm not opposed at all to Harvick joining the Fox. But I think Harvick was great when he did Xfinity. I just don't like Fox. I don't want them to come back. They, they've just been bad, like, year after year. And from what we saw from the clash, they're just going to keep getting worse. I mean, I'm sure you saw the production was just awful. They they kept missing spins, and it was just weird. Yeah. It's, well, I don't know. I feel like you're going to... We'll, we'll talk about the race a little bit more next segment, but... Like, I can understand why they're missing spins because there was there was uh, action all over the field, and so if there's a battle for the lead, you're going to follow it. And most of the spins were at the back of the pack, so I can understand if you don't get it live because they got all of them on replay. So, yeah, I think 
I mean, it's no different from a normal race. If there's a caution, it's very rarely the car that they're like live on camera with. So, but for the most part, their 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 production is just bad, and their their skits are bad, and their gimmicks are bad. Um, Gwen Stefani in the booth for 15 minutes during a race, awful. Yeah, um, I would love to see just any other, you know broadcasting network trying their hand at the first half of races. Um, ESPN seems to be doing something, you know, by getting F1, by getting SRX. I don't know. I, I've never been around watching NASCAR while ESPN was, was broadcasting races. I don't know if they're, if, if they were good, if, if people liked them or if they would be good now, but I mean, I guess it, it would be worth a shot for, to give it to someone else. I saw, something interesting that Amazon might pick them up, which I I personally would be in favor of because that would mean I could I could get an Amazon Prime subscription and finally be able to watch races sort of legally. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I could I could just watch them here finally without having to go to sketchy websites. I would love an Amazon package that includes like night races. Cuz cuz like on the football side, they did a great job uh with Thursday night football for the NFL this year and like their broadcasts were amazing uh great they they put together an all-star crew i i think if amazon gets anything with nascar they will do it right and they'll do it well um and you know you could do because because it seems that fox and nbc don't like fox and nbc are the reason why we rarely have night races anymore because they don't get as good ratings so, and, and so if Amazon comes in as like, hey, we'd like six night races, you know, and you just scatter them throughout the season, then sure. I mean, I'd be a fan of that, right? Like, like one race a month on Amazon, Saturday or Sunday night race, you give them like a, two playoff races. Who says no? Who says no to that? I, I would subscribe for that. I would be really excited if they have like, um, they have the races being broadcast on TV on like NBC, and they also have them at the same time on Amazon because that mean like I said that means I could watch them at home just like on TV, which would be awesome. I I always have to like put them on my computer and like connect my computer to my to my television and do all sorts of weird stuff and have to go to websites with pop ups and all sorts of it's it's a whole asshole, but I have to do it if I want to watch so. Yeah, you gotta jump through all the hoops. Yeah, sometimes there's no streams, and I just have to like, you know, just scour the internet for sketchy websites. Um, thankfully, I don't think I've, I've never missed a race because I couldn't find a stream. But I expect it to happen at least once in my NASCAR viewing experience. Thankfully, it hasn't happened yet. Can't you get NASCAR International? Um. Is there? Is, I I know Track Pass had an international thing at some point, but I don't think it it's a thing anymore. I'm pretty sure there's NASCAR International, and it's available for subscription. Um. Uh. We'll look. We'll look once we're done recording. Cause uh, let's let's go to the next segment. Um where we're going to recap the Bush Bush clash, all the exciting things that happened there fully, uh, the drama, the, the tempers, everything that happened. Coming up next, segment two of the Quick Pit Podcast. 
Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. This is segment two of this week's episode. Great jam-packed show. Joined by Eric as we continue to break down this week's happening in NASCAR. And we have a race to recap. We have the second annual Bush Light Clash at the LA Coliseum. Uh, lots of lots of stuff to break down. Lots of beef to to sort out to to analyze here. Before we get any further. Big thank you to Spoiler Diecast for sponsoring the show and this segment. Go to SpoilerDieCast.com for every single next-gen diecast you could ever want and older generations as well, but they've got everything on there. Use code QUICKPIT, all caps, no spaces for any order, $20 or more for a special offer at checkout. Helps you out, helps us out. No reason not to use it. Go to quickpit or SpoilerDieCast.com, use code QUICKPIT on your next order all right first of all i want to get just your general thoughts uh we ran a twitter poll and uh, this week see what uh you all thought about the the race uh eric what were your thoughts how many stars would you give the the race uh and then i'll read the poll results once you're done breaking it down uh i would give it a 3.5 out of five yeah I had my expectations pretty, you know, pretty at middle of the road. Like I knew what was I was I was getting when I decided, hey, I'm gonna watch the clash. Um, I I and I feel like everyone should have had some some expectations that were not you know extremely high for this race because even last year it was not as much it was not incredible racing. It was just a good event. You know, it was an interesting and fun event that that put eyes on the sport, and that's what people should look at. Should look at as like that's what it is, and that's what people should take it as. Um, there were some issues. I still think that there's too many cars on the track. Um, I think we instead of twenty seven, it's a really weird number. I think I think instead of twenty seven, we should have maybe twenty four, twenty cars. I think that would be a decent number because the heat races were a lot. Had a lot better racing than the actual main race. Um. So overall, I just you know I, I didn't see the whole race. Um, it, it it was too late for me to watch the whole race. I watched until the halftime show. Um, and and Wiz Khalifa put me to sleep. Uh. Overall, I can't say I was. Uh, I can't say I was taken. You know, taken by. I can't say I was taken aback by it. It wasn't anything special, but it wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. It was just a solid way to start the season and get back get people's blood pumping again and get people to be excited about NASCAR which is honestly what the Bush Clash always was you can't exactly say that the Daytona race was this huge spectacle it was just you know hey NASCAR's back look look here guys yeah uh it, it pretty much held steady in terms of ratings uh went down a little bit uh but 3.6 million viewers for an exhibition race um is pretty good Still, I mean, it, it that's more than most races got last year. So, um, uh, uh, overall, pretty positive race. Um, the the tickets, the 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 uh, level of fullness of the venue was about the same, maybe a little bit down. Um, NASCAR, both of the last two years, has been putting the start of the main race as the time on the tickets. I think they should put the start of the heats. Uh, especially knowing LA ha- having a history of just people there arriving to things late. Uh, if you put like 
whatever, I guess it would have been two o'clock East uh, West coast time as the start when the heat started, then you might get more people showing up in time um, and, and a better crowd for, for, like you said, the better racing. Um, I would agree. 27 cars on track is way too much. I would assume that was because they looked at the field and they're like, well, um, we don't need uh, BJ McLeod. We don't need the Rick Ware cars. We don't need Spire and we don't need um, like all the FRM JTG colleague. You know what I mean? They're like, if we set it at 27, all the big names can get in, which I don't like. I feel like there should be a penalty for uh you, you don't you, you should have to work for it. i like your idea of 20 where you can do four heat races top top four make it and then two last chance qualifiers uh where where the top two from each one make it and i think that would make the heats even better really um or you just go back to uh the the original format of the clash and only let pole winners come but then you don't really have heat races so uh, I think you still invite the whole field, but you got to cut it down more. Um, I would give it, uh, I would give it a four. I think I really enjoyed it. Maybe it's just kind of the bias that comes with it being the first race in nearly three months. Um, most people, the, the the highest percentage of votes was on four. We had thirty two percent vote four stars. 16% vote five stars, 24% vote three stars, and 28% vote two or one. So either people loved it or hated it, um, which is typical for a polarizing event like this, but overall thought it was pretty solid. The results for the race, uh, let me pull it up here. Where did it go? There we go. Uh, top 10, William Byron finishes 10th, Denny Hamlin 9th, Ross Chastain 8th. Ryan Priest led a bunch of laps, um, 43 laps. Looked like he was in control for a while. Would have been a great story. He finished seventh after he lost power or, or went down on power, lost the cylinder or something uh, with about 50 laps to go. Tyler Reddick, his first race for 23-11, came in sixth. Kyle Larson, fifth. Alex Bowman was solid all day long. Looked really good uh, in his First real return from that concussion last year. Finished fourth. Kyle Busch third. Austin Dillon second. And Martin Truex Jr., your winner. So, you know, uh, two RCR drivers on the special podium they did giving out medals because it was an Olympic, the Coliseum's an Olympic stadium. Um, pretty good race overall. Um, anyone stand out to you? None of us picked the, the winner correctly, by the way. Anything, anything stand out to you in terms of performances individually? Ryan Priest, absolutely. Uh, I had Ryan Priest rated very low um, at the start of the season. I I did not expect him to set the world on fire. Um, this this is still just one race, but I would have never thought he was he would be anywhere close to the top ten, let alone leading laps. So this was extremely impressive. Um, and I guess this does put him a little bit higher on my on my list of drivers to look for this season. Um, before I had him finishing somewhere around 22nd to 23rd in the standings. Now I can see him, you know, making a shot at, at the low, at the low uh, 20s. So, um, yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm interested to see how he's going to run this season. Going to be an interesting yeah. story to follow. Two, two drivers really stood out to me. First of all, um, well, besides Priest, 
first of all, Alex Bowman. Um, I feel like the last couple of years, there have been very few races where he's running, like actually running up front, you know, like it seems like so often when he gets a good result, he just kind of shows up at the end. Um, and he does get the results, but, uh, during the race, he was top five all night. He was battling for the lead, um, made some questionable decisions on lanes late in the race that got him shuffled back a little bit. I think if he chooses the correct lane at a certain point, he'd have a real good shot at the lead, um, on a couple of restarts. But at that point, Priest was really strong as well. Um, I, yeah, I was impressed with him. I think Blake Harris is making an immediate impact on that team. And uh, I am I am feeling much more optimistic for Alex Bowman this year, seeing how he performed at the Clash. I know it's just the Clash, but last year a lot of trends were set based on the performances of drivers there. And so I, I, I liked what I saw from Bowman. And then the other one, and I mentioned this last segment, Austin Dillon, once again, a great run, and he just... He, he has a different vibe about him this year. Him and Kyle Busch both. Uh, Fox ran a pre-race segment uh, with some new driver pairings they had. Uh, did you see this, the it's a match thing? Uh, no, I, I didn't watch any of the pre-race. I, I stopped watching the pre-race like last year. It's too annoying. I was expecting it to be terrible. I had it on as I was getting stuff set up for, I was hosting a party for some people to come watch. It was actually really good. Um. Chris Myers hosted it. it was like a funky game show kind of thing. But the thing that stuck out to me was the way Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch interacted both pre-race during this segment after the race. They seem like they get along really well. And Austin Dillon just looks. I think Kyle Busch is having a really good impact on Austin Dillon. And so I am extremely bullish on Austin Dillon to have a good year now. I think he's he has this might be a breakout season for Austin Dillon. Um, of course, he he goes in after Bubba Wallace uh, had been using him up all night on restarts with about 20 laps to go. He goes in and, and sends Bubba into the wall, um, which was awesome to see. And uh, Bubba retaliated a little bit, bumped him under caution, uh, seemed very upset post-race, but there was no fight coming from it. But we had a lot of beef, I, I guess. First of all, your thoughts on Austin Dillon and then on all the beef that we had in this race for an exhibition. Um, Well, I would tend to agree with what you said about Dillon. He seems focused. Um, This is going to sound weird, but every time I saw Austin giving an interview in past years, he kind of looked a little lost. Like he couldn't really know what to say. He didn't really know what the car was doing and he couldn't really explain it to, to the guy that was taking his interview. I would not say this is the case this time. He looks like he's focused in and, and you know, he, he finally like gets it. If that makes sense. Like, he's like, okay, this is, this is, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm driving a race car. Let, let's do it. Like he finally looks like a race car driver. Like you can well, see it in his eyes now. I, this that, is a weird thing to describe. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I completely agree. And Kyle Busch seems to be, having a different vibe too, which I like. He seems much more relaxed, much more himself. Um, he doesn't have that face anymore. And I think everyone listening knows what face I'm talking about. He just, he looks happy. Him and Austin Dillon both look happy and it's weird, you know? Yeah. I, I, 
I think I was already bullish on them, I think, going into the season. But I am really excited to see what RCR does this year. I think Austin Dillon has been turning the corner a little bit the last two seasons to begin with. Um, I think he's going I think he's going to have a good year. Kyle Busch is going to have a great year. I mean, would you be shocked to see Austin Dillon like legitimately win a race this year? Not just like most of his wins have been pretty lucky. Do you, would you be surprised to see Austin Dillon go out and just win a race? Convincingly. Absolutely not. No, I would not be surprised. And I would argue he has won, you know, a race that would like, you know, show, Hey, he's, this guy's actually pretty good. Texas was, you know, by all means pretty legit race win. I mean, sure. It was still on, on uh, strategy, but Tyler Reddick could have easily went in there and beat them doing that, that, that duel yeah. between them. So, uh, I would totally expect Austin Dillon to get a, you know, win, maybe even two wins. I mean, there's a couple of tracks he's good at. Um, yeah, I, I just meant like, like go out, win, like lead like 150 laps, that kind of win where you're like, yeah, he was, he was the guy to beat and he won the race, you know, not. Yeah, that, I guess that was what I was thinking of, but yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. And I would agree that Texas win was pretty good, but overall uh, really uh, pleasantly surprised by him. Um, some other guys that had good runs. Noah Gregson was pretty good all. Uh, he was fun to watch all race. Uh, Bubba Wallace led a bunch of laps before uh, getting punted by Austin Dillon. Um, some guys that struggled. Uh, Blaney struggled. Elliot struggled. Uh, Daniel Suarez struggled. Eric Almarola sat on the pole and then... Um, kind of got screwed by NASCAR announcing the choose rule late and got in the wrong lane and shuffled back and never recovered. He had a really fast car all weekend. Uh, Justin Haley won the the initial poll for the heat races on qualifying Saturday night. Um, overall, uh, oh, and Kevin Harvick was a menace throughout the whole weekend. Oh, absolutely. And I love, I love menace Harvick. Menace Harvick is best Harvick. Yes, I would agree. I think we're going to see Menace Harvick a lot this year, um, which I could not be more excited for. And um, we had an altercation during practice as uh, Chase Briscoe cooked a corner, bumped, uh, ruffled uh, Almendinger's feathers. Next corner, Almendinger goes and sends him into the wall, which was, uh, I think, set the tone for the whole weekend. Um, Yeah, that was really funny to see. Um I mean, if AJ felt that would that's what he needed to do, I mean, fair, I guess. I wouldn't have done it if I was in AJ's place. I, I just wouldn't yeah. have seen it. I would. I don't think it would have been worth it. But I mean, better to get it out of the way in practice, I guess. Yeah, AJ's gonna be fun to watch this year. Um, I this is what I think people didn't think of until this race. Part of the genius of of this race, and I think they should keep doing this uh the clash for a couple more years maybe move it around but still having a a quarter mile short track race before the rest of the season starts we've already got so much drama going on you have Kyle Busch pissed off at Joey Logano we have Bubba Wallace pissed off at Austin Dillon you have half the Kevin Harvick pissed off at half the field before we've even run a points race like this is setting the tone. And of course, Ross spins Denny out again. Like, I think 
the best thing to come out of this weekend is the fact that we already have like five feuds going on, you know? Maybe nothing's developed to a full like Ross and Denny thing like it was last year, but we've got the seeds planted for a really compelling season in terms of the the garage relationships and and short track racing does that and it set the it might end up setting the tone for the whole season that we have this awesome feud going on all year that we can trace back to the clash um if joe ilgano is competitive this year because he always has like he has this weird one year to go with the others and not that good pattern that he he's been having for years now um, if this year is good for Joey Logano and if Kyle Busch pays him back at some point, which might happen, I think we're going to see a year-long Kyle Busch and Joey Logano rivalry, which would be awesome to see. I agree. I agree. Anyway, or overall, just a, a, a great race. Uh, continues to be a, one of the best ideas NASCAR's had recently. And uh, one thing to come out of the weekend that we forgot to mention in the news, um, Auto Club will not have a 2024 race. The 2023 Race coming up in a couple of weeks. The first race after Daytona will be the final race at the two-mile configuration. After that, they'll begin prepping for the short track that they have laid out for the uh, facility. But they do not expect to get it finished in time for 2024. So Auto Club will be off the schedule. NASCAR is looking at different options in the Southern California region and is considering making the Clash of Points race. I don't want that to happen. This has to stay an exhibition. Agreed? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't want this as a points race. Yeah, agreed. Um, Anything else from this race before we move on to one of our final team previews of the year? Uh, I hope we cut it down on the concerts. Oh? They're silly. Yeah, I don't like the concerts. Well, I can under... Fox doesn't have to show them. But with the with the length of the breaks that the teams need to prepare or like refuel and that sort of stuff, I can understand having them for the fans there. So you're not just waiting for an hour and a half for the main race to start and there's nothing going on. I can understand putting on a concert for them there, but Fox, you don't have to show it. It's just bad with that, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a fair compromise. Yeah. All right. So coming up next, we will preview. The season for the Toyota teams, 2311 Racing and Joe Gibbs Racing. That's coming up next in segment three on the Quick Tip Podcast. to the quick pit podcast you've made it to the third and final segment of this week's show brought to you by 213simware.com go there for all your sim racing merchandise needs hats hoodies t-shirts flags he's got now everything you could want for your sim racing team your league your your car put it on a t-shirt upload the design you can buy it right there on 213simware.com check out the links in the description below all right joe gibbs racing one of the final teams we've got to preview for the 2023 season and their Toyota Alliance Team 2311 racing six drivers to go through as we close out the show. 
Let's start off with 2311 and Bubba Wallace. I think this year he keeps improving year over year. He, he had a career year in 2020, then a career year in 2021, career year in 2022. He's got two career wins now. I expect another step forward for Bubba as they seem to really start to, to come on as a team and start clicking at the conclusion of the season. And so I I think he's going to be – he should – Bubba Wallace should make the playoffs in 2023. He should, but I, I personally don't think he will. Um, Like his boss, I think Bubba focuses too much on things that in the grand scheme of things have absolutely no meaning and that just don't matter. Then he would have won five championships by now if he would have just stopped caring about random crap. Like then he gets caught up in in just weird stuff that no don't really matter. And the same happens with Bubba. He just gets upset, and I can't describe it anywhere in any other way than than crying about stuff that no one really cares about. Like even at the crash at, at the clash after the race, I'm sure you've seen the picture. It, it, it looked so silly. He was sitting in his car, just looked like he was almost gonna cry, and and, and just sitting sitting there drinking water. It was such a silly picture. He looked so upset. I mean, I would be too after getting dumped, but um, he ha- he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I think that has been a detriment to him. Yeah. I mean, some guys, it's a positive, and sometimes it is for Bubba, but most of the time, he, I, I, I agree, he gets in his own head too much. Um, And, you know, yes, we... we you, it it makes him a compelling figure to watch because of the emotion and just the the energy that he brings to races. But I would agree with you. At the same time, he gets in his own way a lot. And, you know, you look at Las Vegas last year, completely blew that out of proportion. Um, now, I can understand his frustration at the clash this past weekend, but... Uh, a lot of their struggles in the first half last year were all self-inflicted. And he, while the pit crew was not helping him, the team was not helping him. He compounded those issues where a lot of times he'd be put in a spot that set them back during the race, but was still recoverable. And they didn't recover because he got in his own head and just kind of threw the race away halfway through. So I would agree with you. I think they bring speed. That is a fast car. That car can win races. And as we saw at Kansas, when he puts it together, he is a really good driver. Like that Kansas race was a great run for that team, you know, and, and there were other races last year as well that he he really um, had had some really good runs. And, you know, and a lot of races as well that could have been good runs that he tossed away. And so you know, there's a lot of instances that uh, if he can clean up and if he can keep himself in in check and and save the and know when to to use the emotion for his benefit and when to not because it will hurt him, um, he can put together a good year. And I think I have a feeling this is the year he puts it together because even and even if he doesn't, I mean. He's been extremely unlucky that he's won both of his career, got both of his career wins during the playoffs and not before them. And I think even if he has the same type of year he's had the last two seasons, 
I think this is the year he wins before the playoffs, and so he gets in anyway. So I expect another improvement. If he can put it together, he can have a really good year. But even if he doesn't, I think he still gets a win or two, and and this year is a playoff driver. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see it, but I I just personally think there's drivers and teams that um are more honed in than the 23 and Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace right now is driving and acting just like Kyle Busch did in his early years. Um, remember Kyle Busch until like. I would say like 20, yeah, pretty much 2015. He was very hit or hit or miss. He was very inconsistent. Um, he he could win races and he did win a lot of races, but he was never in contention for, for the championship. He was always like, he never finished higher until 2013. He never finished higher than, um, than four, than, uh, then fifth in the standings with with Joe Gibbs. He finished fifth in the standings in uh, 20... 20, ah, God, I'm laughing so much. In 2007, but not with Joe Gibbs. Um, He finished fourth in 2013, and uh, then 2014, he had a bad year, and then he won the championship. But before that, he was very hit or miss. That's how I see Bubble right now. Very emotional, very hit or miss. Um, So, I think until he cleans his act up... uh, we're still going to see a, an inconsistent and a little bit unfocused Bubba Wallace. God, that was really hard to, to spit out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, no, I, I get what you're saying. I uh, I think we're, we're reading from the same page here. I think uh, we both kind of agree that he needs to clean some stuff up. I have a little bit more faith in him in, in putting it all together this year. Let's talk about his new teammate, though, in the 45, Tyler Reddick, coming over to Toyota after a breakout season with RCR. In which he won three races, got five top tens, fifteen or five top fives. Or excuse me, man, I I must you're infecting me, man. Um, it's all the numbers. It's hard to get lost in all the numbers. The numbers, yes. Ten top fives, fifteen top tens, three poles. He led five hundred three laps. Uh, had some bad luck in the playoffs that led to him finishing fourteenth in points, uh, way further down than he should have finished. Um, but still. A standout year. Actually, looking at this, this is nuts. He had a worse. 2022 was his career worst average finish. But he won three races. Um, yeah, he wrecked a lot. <laughs> he did. He did. He 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 only finished 28 races and had a career, a career low in races finished. Career low in lead lap finishes. Um, but he his his average start was 9.5, which is phenomenal. And he he ran like 700 less laps than he did in the year before. So uh, still, I think Reddick is easily a round of eight threat. Like he, Reddick is going to be a a one of the stars this season. Um, I'm really high on Tyler Reddick this season. Um, I actually have him winning the championship. So take that as oh. you will. I I think he's going to. He's going to dominate this year. We're gonna. This is. He's gonna be the, the Kyle Larson of 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 the season. Um, I mean, twenty three eleven is clearly a fast team. Tyler Reddick is a really really good driver. Like he is, he is top five in speed and talent. He is extremely good. 
I think he can really put together a good year with, with Toyota horsepower, which let's be honest, no matter what team we're talking about, Toyota is always fast to some capacity just because they throw so much money at the teams they have under their wing. It's hard for them not to be. So um, I think this is just the perfect match. It's a match made in heaven. Like any driver that drives for Toyota is going to have a boost in performance. And I think that's the case for Tyler Reddick. I mean, getting when it comes to boost in performance, he already has three wins. A boost in performance would mean five wins in a championship. So I think we're going to see a very strong year from the 45 car. Um, I'm really excited to see him uh, perform this year. Yeah, I would agree. He's going to have a, a, a great season for 2311. 2311 as a whole is going to take another step forward. All right, let's look at Joe Gibbs racing now. I think we can both agree I don't expect much out of Ty Gibbs. Yeah, uh, same here. It's um, I be, think it's going to be a rookie season. He's going to have flashes. He very well could go out and win a race, but it's there's no way to predict it. You don't know if he's going to put it together or not in that amount of time. I think he's going to struggle way more than anyone expects, especially him. It'll be interesting to see what kind of feuds he gets in as well. But uh, nothing, nothing to write home about for Ty Gibbs. It'll be an average rookie season for a top team. I think similar to Ryan Blaney, uh, Ryan Ryan Blaney's rookie season, he's gonna have you know a respectable amount of top tens, maybe a couple of top fives, but that's it. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I mean, look at how he did filling in in the forty five car last year, um, and the, then the twenty three after they hit the playoffs. Like he 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 was not impressive. He definitely struggled, and he has some some learning to do to get used to the car and the level of competition. It's a big step up. But I think overall he's going to figure it out. And towards the end of the year, we should start seeing some really impressive runs out of him. But I don't expect, I don't have him in my playoffs. So, um, yeah, I don't think many people are too high on, on him for, for next year. I think someone that everyone is high on is Christopher Bell. And I expect him to be one of the threats for the championship. And after how he finished the season last year, Finished third in the overall points, two wins in the last five races, both in elimination races to punch his ticket into the next round and eventually the championship. Um, Christopher Bell, I think, wins five plus races and just has a stellar year in 2023. Um, I'm I, I would absolutely agree. I I have him in the championship four personally again, um, because he has proven he can win when it matters, and that is an extremely important quality which championship level drivers have proven to have year in and year out. I'm looking especially at Joey Logano. I mean, last season's champion, he has always had the ability of performing when it mattered the absolute most. And Christopher Bell has that ability. Not a lot of drivers do. And the fact he has it is, is extremely important. And we're going to see it on full display next year. I think we're going to see him um, win in every round. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I honestly think we're going to see him win in every round. Um, I don't know if he's going to win that much in the regular season. I, I think he's going to win once or twice in the regular season and probably then maybe in every New round. Hampshire. Yeah, probably. I have the Bristol Dirt and New Hampshire, New Hampshire circled. Um, Although after finding out that he can't race dirt for Joe Gibbs, maybe not as much. Maybe he's going to lose touch there. Um, But yeah, I think he's going to have a really good year. Really good year. Yeah. Let's look at the two veterans for Joe Gibbs Racing. Of course, Truex coming off of a win at the Clash after going winless last year. I feel like a bounce back is coming. 
I don't think uh, I don't think we've seen his last points win, and I feel like he's gonna, much like Kevin Harvick last year, he's gonna grab a couple wins and and uh, maybe not be a championship threat, but he definitely is gonna be good um, playoff uh, contender. Um, I, I see him having a, a rebound season in 2023. Um, before the clash, I would have thought he would be done, but honestly, him winning, you know, he, he has something left in the tank. So, um, I would not be surprised to see a win. Um, I think if anything, he would probably get one at a super speedway. I know that's like uncharacteristic for Truex, but like anyone can win there. I mean, and Truex is a veteran. And it just has to go his way, and for him not to get wrecked, then he could probably win one if he's in position. He has a good chance of, of winning one. So, um, it would be interesting to see to see how he's going to perform. I still think this is his final year. I think we see John Arnimacek most likely in this car next year. But um, after the after the clash, I'm optimistic. Yeah, and Denny Hamlin, uh, he's going to have another Denny Denny Hamlin season. I mean, and we all know what that means. He's going to be good, not great consistent gonna have some some really good runs some races that he just goes out and wins dominates but he'll get caught up in some drama probably in the playoffs and he's gonna he's not gonna win the championship we know he's we know that for a fact at this point it seems he always is good has a shot at it and throws it away it seems yeah i mean i can't even i can't even add anything to what you said because i would have probably said the same thing all right prediction who's he gonna feud with this year um, Ross Chastain part two. Chastain part two. I'm yep. gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, ah, what the heck? Let's go with William Byron this year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly forgot about the Texas thing. That, that, that might happen. William Byron feelings, uh, resurged. Uh, yeah, that's Joe Gibbs Racing 2311. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Any quick final thoughts, Eric? Uh, well, we don't really have time for anymore. So, <laughs> no, no. If you have anything quick, we can do it. No, I'm, I'm. I said all I had to say. All right, man of few words at the end of the show. Um, we are so close. This is like really the last podcast that has any semblance of the off season. Next week, full Daytona preparation. We'll we'll be recording probably in between practices and qualifyings and and the duels and and whatever else. Um, cannot wait. For the season to kick off. Um, I'm looking past the Super Bowl. That's how excited I am for the Daytona 500. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Eric, for helping me out uh, and coming on the show to co-host this week. Big thanks to Washington on the Daily, 213simware.com, and Spoiler Diecast for all their support of the show. Check out their links in the description below. Make sure you go support them. As well as our uh, links, our social media, go follow us on Twitter. We're going to try and do more engagement there. We've got Again, like I said last week, a lot of growth the last couple of weeks, some uptick in numbers. Let's keep that going and get the show uh, on a bit of a hot streak going into the season. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next time on the Quick Pit Podcast. <laughs>